0: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would open your Bibles to 1 Peter, chapter 2. We're continuing our study in this epistle and we're continuing our study in chapter 2. I'm going to begin in verse 11, 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. This is God's word. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will... Glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Household slaves, submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if, because of a consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. For you were called to this. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray. But you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Do you ever look at the world around you and feel as if there's uh, enormous evil And that many people who are in positions of power in our world, heads of government and so forth, are are in fact very corrupt and wicked individuals. Do Do you ever feel that way? As you see governments around the world mobilizing in order to persecute those who do what is right, do you ever just... Wonder why God doesn't rain down fire from heaven and destroy all those folks right now? He wouldn't actually have to rain down fire from heaven. I have proposed brain aneurysms uh, to the Lord on numerous occasions, just suggesting that this would be a very neat and tidy way to contain the explosion within the skull and, and eliminate all sorts of wicked individuals that he is well aware of. Pastor Wood, I can't believe that you would suggest such a thing. Well, I'm just telling you, when I see someone who's in a position of power, using their power to persecute the defenseless, to persecute those who are doing right for doing right, not just as collateral damage, but literally zeroing in on the good folks who are doing the right thing and persecuting them. I'm just like, God, why don't you do something to stop this? Then I read his book. And it turns out, this is exactly the sort of thing that he said we should expect until the end comes. There is a day coming when all will be made right. There is a day coming When every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not because everyone will have been converted. Not because everyone is going to be saved. But because even those who resist and resist and resist and resist in the end have to stand before God. God rules overall. So in that context realize that that's not a new phenomenon. During the time that this says, honor everyone, love the brothers and sisters, fear God, honor the emperor. The emperor, the Roman emperor, was a hideously evil pagan. How could we honor the emperor? Because he was the emperor. Pastor Rudd, I sincerely hope that you are not suggesting that we here in these United States need to treat our government officials as if they are somehow emperors. No, I'm suggesting we need to treat them as governing officials who've been placed in authority by God, read Romans 13, and treat them with respect, even if they personally are not terribly respectable people. I'll tell you right now, we've got a bunch of people in government, some in both parties, who are not respectable people. But they're in positions of authority. And we need to respect that. Because God, the sovereign king of the universe, is at work, even now, even in our country in order to accomplish his plan. And just as Caiaphas, the high priest, was the mouthpiece of God, he he was a, a vile, murderous liar. But on occasion, God spoke through him without his even understanding what was happening. You and I need to realize that God is at work, and he's able to draw a straight line with a crooked stick. And he is right now working, as he always has, for the good of those who are his, and for his glory. And it may not look that way to us, and it may not feel that way to us, but we need to know that that is true, because God tells us it is true. Therefore, go back to verse 11, Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles, in other words, remember, this world is not our home, as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. We've said this before, but we need to remind you again. You and I have desires that are actually leading us toward destruction. And if you don't recognize that, if you think that the real goal in life is to be able to do what you really want, no, not necessarily. What you need to do is to take every thought captive to the Lordship of Christ what you need to do is die to self, say no to desires that are contrary to God's word because those desires are waging war against your soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, that'll happen. If you do the right thing, people will still speak ill of you. But they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. In other words, when God sends Jesus back, everybody's going to have to recognize, okay, they were right. He is Lord. I'm in trouble. All right? They will glorify God on the day he visits. Therefore, submit to every human authority because of the Lord. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord. That's why you submit to human authority. What are we talking about here? Does that mean if the government commands me to kill all the Jews, I'm supposed to do it and say, well, you know, what could I do? I was a soldier in the Army of the Third Reich and, and I, I had to obey orders so that when they told me to round them up and kill them, I, you know, I had to obey human authority. No. I will say what I've said before. Please learn this. No one has the authority to require what God forbids or to forbid what God commands. If God says no and some authority says yes, well, you say, we must obey God rather than man. But if the authority says, do this, God doesn't require that of me. I don't, you know, a law that we all have to wear yellow on Thursdays? That's ridiculous. Why should I have to wear yellow on Thursdays? Where is that in the Bible? It's right here. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord. Okay? And if the human authority comes up with some silly, goofy, oppressive thing that violates your sense of aesthetics, tough, go with it, okay? There will often be those in positions of authority who do not use their authority well. But how you respond gives you the opportunity to give glory to God. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord whether to the emperor as supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. That's what what the government's supposed to be doing. Now, if you think that's what was happening when this was written, you haven't studied history. But his point is, if they're not doing what God told them to do, it doesn't release you from the command to do what God requires of you. It is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit, love this phrase, submit as free people. Submit as free people. Don't think that because of your submission you're somehow losing your freedom. You don't lose your freedom. You exercise the freedom you have in Christ to go against your natural desires and to do what the governing authorities require. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Folks, let me take just a moment to encourage you to go on the internet and visit the website of Wares Valley Ranch. For over 20 years, the ranch has provided a loving home environment for children who have a problem that they did not create. Maybe a health crisis on the part of a parent or even the death of a parent. Often it's the death of a marriage leaving a single parent struggling to care for the children while working one or more jobs to provide for their support. Sometimes it's a parent who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction or even a case where one or both parents are in prison. These children are not the problem. They're not delinquents. They're simply caught in difficult circumstances. I hope you'll help us provide these little ones with the opportunity for hope and healing in a Christ-centered environment. You may know a child that needs our services as well. Please visit WVR to learn more. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone, into the realm of the unknown, where Jesus is. Now, is beginning in verse 18, cold, we come to a section that is name, for hard for a lot of people to process because it's, it's written to slaves. Did you know that in many parts of the Roman Empire, there were more slaves than there were free people? And in many of the churches, therefore, there were more slaves than there were free people. This says, household slaves, submit to your masters with all reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if, because of a consciousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, you do, if when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, it brings favor with God. So does that mean if somebody's abusing me, I'm supposed to just take it? You know, if this was the only passage in Scripture, I'd say yes. But one of the things you have to learn about studying the Bible is to study the whole Bible. And one of the things you find as you do that is that there are many truths that need to balance one another. This needs to be understood in the context of this, and this, and this, and this. And so let's do that with this passage. For example, if you are a household slave, you're to submit to your master with all reverence not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 20 through 24. Let's see what that says. Let each of you remain in the situation in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? Don't let it concern you. But if you can become free, by all means take the opportunity. For he who is called by the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called as a free man is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of people. Brothers and sisters, each person is to remain with God in the situation in which he was called. So what he's saying is, if you're a slave, and you therefore have limited options as far as your schedule and your budget and your responsibilities, don't feel that somehow then you can't really serve the Lord. Serve the Lord as a slave by being the best slave you can be. Joseph in Egypt is a great example. Okay? He was bushwhacked by his brothers, thrown in a pit, then lifted out and sold to slave traders who took him down to Egypt, and he was sold to the captain of Pharaoh's guard, Potiphar. He's now a slave in Egypt. What did he do? He was such an outstanding slave, and God blessed him so, as a slave, that he became the guy who was in charge of Potiphar's house. Then he got falsely accused of attempted rape because he would not give in to Potiphar's wife's attempts at seduction. And so he was thrown into prison. He went from being a slave, which is a bummer, to being a prisoner in a dungeon. Well, what did he do? He did the best job he could do as a prisoner and ended up running the prison. Okay? Wherever he was, he served God faithfully. Even when he suffered for doing what is right, he continued to do what is right and serve the Lord. Now, did he say when he was in, in jail and the baker and, and wine taster or cupbearer were, were thrown in there with him and he talked with them about his situation, did he say, you know, I, I really don't mind being a prisoner. It's, it's really not that bad a gig. And uh, I really have pretty much decided this is where I belong. I'd like to spend the rest of my life here. Is that what he said? No, he said, hey, listen, when you're restored in three days and you get to stand before Pharaoh, please tell him about me. Get me out of here. I haven't done anything to deserve to be in prison. I shouldn't even be a slave. I'm a foreigner. I want to go back home. Please get me out of this situation, would you? Okay? What was he doing? He was doing what Paul talked about. If you have an opportunity to get free, take it. But until such time as that, serve God where you are. Okay, well, what if I'm in an abusive situation? I mean, really abusive. I don't mean people say unkind things to me. Listen, if you're in an abusive situation and you have the opportunity to get out of that situation, I know someone who says, it's okay to flee from an abusive situation. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 23. Jesus is talking about the sufferings that will come in Matthew 10, beginning in verse 16. And in verse 23, he says this, when they persecute you in one town, flee to another. We see that in the life of the Apostle Paul on a number of occasions. Now, he didn't always run away, but he often ran away in order to avoid further beatings and stonings and attempts on his life. That's actually what God used to get him to Rome. So don't be afraid. That's what verse 26 in Matthew 10 says. Therefore, don't be afraid of them since there's nothing covered that won't be uncovered and nothing hidden that won't be made known. But, according to Jesus, if you're in an abusive situation, being persecuted, it is perfectly alright to say, I see an open door. Okay? Okay, well then, so, well, you know, how, how do we, how do we uh, then reconcile that with this? They balance each other. When you're in a situation where there's abuse, how you respond to that with reverence for God, dependence on God, trust in God, and joy in the midst of suffering is an opportunity to bring Him glory and actually become more like Christ. But that does not mean that you have to look for abusive situations, try and put yourself with people who are toxic and will really mess you over if you let them, and then just hang out and say, well, I guess this is my lot in life. It doesn't have to be. It's okay to flee to another city. Do you see the balance? Now, the reason we do this is that verse 21 you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin. None of us can say that. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins In his body, on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but you've now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I've been in situations where people wanted to hurt me. I've been in situations where people did hurt me. I've been in situations where people wanted to kill me. What do you do if there's abuse? What do you do if there are threats? What do you do if people are unkind? Pray hard. Trust God. Respect authority. Even if the authority doesn't do what they're supposed to do, that's between them and God. God will deal with them. You need to respect authority. And you need to, whatever you go through, seek to do it in a Christ-like manner, so that Jesus is glorified. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program, or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE, or contact us on the web at wvr.org.